we all need more and more people in our worlds just reminding us who we are. I think we can figure out what to do as long as we <laughs> can remember what we're about. Cassie Poncello is a school counselor at Poudre High School in Fort Collins, Colorado, and has been named a 2018 School Counselor of the Year finalist by the American School Counselor Association. Poncello, a graduate of Colorado State University, has been a school counselor for seven years and has been at Poudre High School since 2013. After a series of tragedies affected schools in the Fort Collins area, Poncello organized events to help students and staff manage their emotions, including a now annual Mental Health Matters parent and community education event. She is passionate about comprehensive school counseling, works with the best team in the world, and learns new dance moves daily from her students. Welcome to The Spark. This is Stephanie James. I am here in the studio with Cassie Poncello. I am thrilled to have her join me. Welcome, Cassie, to The Spark. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here today. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. I'm a high school counselor here at Poudre High School. Uh, this is my seventh year as a counselor. I actually started my career at Fort Collins High um, and, and finishing up my fifth year here at Poudre. Really, when we think about school counseling, I think um, often there are a lot of misconceptions, largely based on this idea of a guidance counselor that might have existed, you know, 15, 20 years ago that a lot of people grew up with. And that's, I think, school counseling has evolved a lot and it's much more comprehensive than that. So when we talk about it, we talk uh, about the work that we do with students when it comes to career and college planning, academic support um, and success, and then also really supporting them in the social-emotional realm of uh, growing from little people into adults and figuring out who they are and what they're about and what they value. So, What a huge role to help in facilitating that process, truly. Because <laughs> when you get a them, of... <laughs> what's that? A lot of different pieces, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Because when you get these kiddos, they're in ninth grade. Yeah. And, oh, I... and actually in eighth grade, really, um, we start meeting with our incoming eighth graders in February uh, as they're preparing to enroll in high school. So, yeah. wow. So you're, you're getting them prepped and ready for what, <laughs> uh, emotionally potentially could lie ahead and socially what could lie ahead and some of those challenges, but, but they're young, you know, and, and then, and then you're nurturing them through this time where then they're going to be released to the world. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just that, that in and of itself, Tell me, what, what are some of the highlights for you of, of what you do and maybe also speak to what have been some of your biggest challenges in this job? The highlights for sure are the students. Um, it's the reason that we do it. You know, it was pretty powerful just recently having their graduation and um, students at Poudre High School get to select a, a, student, or a, a staff member to give them their diploma and to get to stand on the stage for a moment with a kid that you think back four years ago, thought, man, I don't know if we'll ever get there, let alone um, if I'll still like you enough that I want to hand you this. But um, <laughs> just seeing kids grow up, there's a lot that happens for students, um, for young people developmentally between the ages of <laughs> 13 and 18. Um, and so to think back, uh, especially this was a particularly exciting year in having finished my fifth year here at Poudre and really, yeah, I met this class as eighth graders. And then now to see them um, in their caps and gowns was a pretty powerful experience. So I, I think that that's definitely a highlight. 
What I love about uh, school counseling in particular is that it's very collaborative work. School counselors wear a kind of a rare hat, I think, in the education field where we're working with our administrators, we're working with teachers, we're working with parents, we're working with community providers, we're working obviously on behalf of students and with students. And so really, you know, kind of the glue that holds a lot of those different pieces together. Uh, I think challenge-wise, it's hard to be an adolescent. There's a lot going on in our world and um, in their lives, and I don't envy it uh, most days. And so I think that that's probably the biggest challenge is how do you figure out how to best support kids? Really, those pieces of uh, post-secondary planning and academics and social-emotional support are all so intertwined. And any one of those being off seems to throw the other two as well. And so really looking at kids as whole people and uh, recognizing that they're impacted by so many things that are far beyond what happens in the school building is is challenging and can be discouraging, but also a really great opportunity too. So, Well, and then to connect with you know the community, like you said, at large, I mean, you're connecting with other resources, you're connecting with parents, you know, I mean, so you, you get the whole gamut. You're... <laughs> the whole gamut. Yeah. Well, and it's a pretty fun role. Yes. You know, one of the things that I thought was really cool when I was, you know, I was reading up on different things about Cassie. And uh, one of the things that I came across was that during the summer, you cold call students who have dropped out of school to see, you know, what they need to help support them in coming back to school. Yeah, so we uh, had an opportunity about three years ago that we uh, launched a program for students that's called Opportunities Unlimited. And it was really birthed out of this frustration of we didn't have an alternative really for our 17, 18, 19 year old student who was so far gone on graduation requirements because of whatever circumstance. We have great alternative schools in Fort Collins. We're very fortunate in that, but kids still have to pass English 9 to, to be successful there. Whereas a GED is a really great opportunity for kids. Um, and because of our partnership with uh, Front Range Community College, students are able to be enrolled in Poudre School District and take courses at Front Range. And so we thought, man, what, a, what if we could get some of these kids to come back, help them work on a GED, and then also help land them a certificate, a welding certificate or a CNA certificate or whatever that is. And so um, we, yeah, found a list of kids who had dropped out from across the city and just started calling and saying, hey, will you come back? Like, this is what we want to offer you. Uh, the first year of the program, we graduated four students, and we're pretty stoked on that. Um, we had our graduation for Opportunities Unlimited just two weeks ago, and we had 30 students who finished their GED and completed Front Range credit, credits this year. So it's been cool to see that grow, and, and again, just a missing group of kids that needed a little bit different path and a little bit different support. That is so exciting. And, and yeah. to think that then, I mean, so you're helping provide those tools and are connecting to them to those resources that then they do have something like, okay, my life isn't just over now and I have to just, yeah. you know, flounder around not knowing what to do. I actually have a course. I have this direction. Yeah, to, I, to have a plan and, and in particular to have some, some college credits. I think for students to be able to finish um, a GED and have a, a certificate as well, almost puts them ahead of the student who finishes with a diploma and has no plan. Um, that kid that, with a certificate, they're employable right off the mark because they've got some skills um, in, a, in a, likely a very needed field. 
We need CNAs. We need welders uh, and can get started in, the, in those roles right away, which I think is great. What a cool program. And it's called yeah. Opportunities Unlimited? Opportunities Unlimited, yes. So do people con- can people also contact you? Like say that there's a parent or someone and they're like, you know, my son or daughter doesn't want to go to school anymore. Is this something that you could help me with? Definitely. I, I uh, will get them in touch with the right people, but I'm always happy to um, be the liaison to that end. So folks are more than welcome to reach out. That's really wonderful. The, the other thing is when you were just saying you got a hold of, you know, kids in eighth grade. And so you're helping kids transition from middle school until their freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think so important about that particular time and, and reaching out in that way? Middle school is a is a funny little holding ground, <laughs> I think, for a lot of kids. You know, when you think about middle school, those students are are transitioning more or less two thirds of the time that they're in those schools. They're transitioning in as sixth graders. They're transitioning out as eighth graders, and that transition to high school is so important and so essential to do well. I think the things that are most important about that are that kids are often coming from much smaller middle schools. Uh, particularly in our feeder system. I mean, they're coming it maybe in a class of 80 kids, maybe from Cashla Pooter Middle School to a class of close to 500 at Pooter High School um, in a building of 1,800. <laughs> so it's just a whole different scale for them. And I think helping kids to build those relationships, we know that's the number one reason that they'll be successful in, in high school, but it's also hard to do. And so we do a lot of work around making those connections for kids helping them to not only connect to people in our building and in their world here at Pooter, but also helping them to connect to careers or interests that they might have, helping them to connect to courses that will lead to those careers or an opportunity to pursue those interests. It really is just all about making those connections. I think the expectations are very different in high school as well. There's a different standard when it comes to homework or to deadlines. Um, There's a lot more flexibility sometimes in a middle school setting Uh, At many of our middle schools now, students don't necessarily receive um, letter grades. Um, They're more kind of progress-esque type grades. And and those grades are important. Uh, However, they don't carry the weight of a credit um, like they do in the high school setting. So we have kids who get here and you're like, no, you have to to pass the class to earn the credit. It's not, you don't just get to keep moving along like you did the first, you know, eight years of your schooling careers. Well, and so when you... When you meet with them, now you do meet with them like like what just happened, like in the spring? Is it in the spring before or is it in the summer? When do, when do you meet with these kids? Well, it kind of depends. Uh, we really try to support students' transitions um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so, yes, uh, counselors meet with the students multiple times in the uh, fall or in the spring um, to prepare them in terms of course selection and uh, all of the students have an opportunity to come over to Pooter High School and tour and uh, get to experience a little bit of the, the Pooter culture. But we are also really strategic around our students who we know are going to struggle the most with that transition. And so we'll bring students over for maybe kind of a one-on-one shadow day where they're just working, following a ninth grader along, seeing what the classes are going to be like, having lunch in the lunchroom, kind of that much more intentional experience. Another thing that I do here at Pooter is that we do a two-week summer camp that's the first two weeks prior to school starting. And again, those are about 40 
you know, we don't, I don't like the term at risk because I think every kid is at risk in some way, shape or form, but 40 kids that have been identified by their middle schools is definitely needing some additional support as they transition to high school. And so it's a two week camp. Uh, they get really close with one another, but we spend a lot of time um, going on field trips, learning about different careers, going, um, talking about credits, touring the building, interacting with older students, interacting with current Pooter teachers, just so those kids have that additional support that on day one, they feel like I've already got a spot here and I've got people here and I'm going to be okay. That That's so important because, you know, the way our mind works, the unknown is what kicks us into anxiety. Yes. So sure. that, a lot of those kids are those kids that are going to struggle with anxiety and and the opportunity for them to feel uh, prepared and, and part of something I think is so important. Can, can you remember those, you know, first day of school or the night before the first day of school? When I mean, I can remember not being able to sleep the night before seventh grade. And I was just having nightmares of just, you know, piles and piles of homework, which of course wasn't the case, but it was yeah. so <laughs> overwhelming and they didn't have any programs like this. And definitely yes. they didn't have any going into high school. So the unknown can get blown up so big. And mm -hmm. so this is just such an incredible program to help introduce kids in so many different facets, it sounds like, where they're meeting staff, meeting other kids, being involved, and taking away so much of that mystery. So it's giving them the best advantage as they hit the ground that first day. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And we continue to, to meet with those kids um, throughout the school year. All of those students um, become part of my caseload, which I just love. I think those two weeks of of hanging out with them really is probably equivalent to three years of what a normal school counselor relationship is. And so you get to know their families really well. We do a lot of um, home visits and opportunities to connect with their parents too, so that everybody's on the same page and ready to support their student and being successful here at Pooter. It sounds like you've just been very... My principal doesn't tell me no. That, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. You come up with something and they're like, yes, Cass, yes. She says, okay, as long as it doesn't cost me anything. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. So I well, regularly joke with her. You can tell me no. You don't have to, you don't have to go with it. So. But it's so, I mean, so, I mean, you are this key component, I guess, is what I'm thinking of here. I mean, you do these amazing things and it sounds like this other program, the Mental Health Matters is, is just this amazing program. And can you talk a little bit of, and explain to the listeners what, what that's about? Yeah, it was about, oh gosh, four years ago, three years ago, three years ago, um, that Pooter had a, a spring that was just um, thick with tragedy. Um, we lost multiple students in really um, terrible ways. Uh, we had some really significant suicide attempts amongst our student body. Uh, some of our staff had really significant loss, and man, it was just, there uh, There was a teacher who said, I, I sometimes I feel like Pooter High School is cursed, uh. and in that, we also have phenomenal students here who are resilient and strong and who also want to do something, and so in collaboration with one of our student leadership groups, the Pooter High School Ambassadors, we were brainstorming one day and saying, what can we do? What What can we do to support our community, not just Pooter High School, but our larger community as, as well. And so we designed uh, Mental Health Matters, which is a, a parent and community education event. So it's very much a conference style format. We now offer them uh, twice a year and they kind of rotate between some of the different school sites. Usually about 20 different breakouts over the course of the uh, three hour and parents can choose from the different breakouts 
we go, you know, usually an hour long breakout and really cover a wide range of topics. And we've got everything from grief and loss or how to talk to your child about suicide, uh, but also, you know, current drug trends amongst high school youth or um, some parenting things around uh, younger students, social media, eating disorders, uh, cutting, self-harm, that type of stuff. So really the gamut. Um, and we typically have about three to 400 people who come to these events each year, which is just so exciting uh, to really be able to kind of get everybody on the same page and provide really that important information that a lot of parents are missing. Well, and that's what's wonderful, too, that I read that it's um, available to people all over Colorado, that you have people yeah. from Boulder and Denver and <laughs> Greeley. and Yeah, and a lot of um, we've presented the, the format and the kind of the resources to really launch it because it's not that complicated of a thing to do. And so we started to see more of these types of events pop out all over um, the state and, and even the country of people who are like, yeah, this is an easy thing to just get people educated. One of my favorite stories from the first year that we did it is uh, one of our student ambassadors brought a parent to me and said, you know, I'm trying to help this dad figure out what sessions to go to. You know, can you talk to him for a minute? And so I introduced myself and he got a little teary eyed and he said, you know, one of the students who committed suicide um, lived in my neighborhood and I have a middle schooler and I have not talked to them about it yet. And I just I don't know how. Um, and so we got him to a couple of different sessions and I mean, I didn't end up seeing him again or interacting or whatever, but I thought, man, if that one parent now can have a conversation with their middle schooler about suicide, then this entire thing was worth it. You know, it's just so important that parents have those resources and too often they don't, you know, it actually gives those resources to the children and the, and the parents. Yes. Yeah. So when you divide them off, there's certain programs that's that are just for the kids and some that are just for the adults. Yeah, it's usually more yeah middle and school and um, high school students that we have there. But we also see a lot of them go into the same kinds of sessions or parents bringing their kids with them to, you know, some of those. It's an easy way to open the door to that conversation when you can on the car ride home say, remember when we were just talking about it? Yeah, what did you think about that? <laughs> what did you think about that? little parenting trick right there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so, I mean, all these programs are, are so exciting and all the different things that you do. And and before we go on to, to talk about some, some other things that have happened with you professionally, I want to talk with you a little bit personally just about your own journey. Because one of the things I was caught with is that before you got into counseling and doing all that, you went to school for interior design. And that resonated with me because I went to art school my first year of college <laughs> out in LA. And I actually, I took a quarter of interior design. Um, I was going to be a big fashion designer. Uh, did not happen. And then how we end up in these totally other fields. So, yeah. so talk a little bit about that journey for you and, and how you transitioned into counseling and, and what you do now. So I finished high school and had grown up always thinking that I would be an architect or an interior designer and went to school and got a, obviously got a degree in that. And during my senior year in college, had to do an internship and work for a local architecture firm here in Port Collins and honestly was miserable. Um, I was sitting in front of a computer day in, day out. I really was just doing CAD drawings and I thought, this is nothing like I thought it would be. And I 
I was getting paid like $20 an hour, which was amazing. But I finished all my hours at semester and quit and got a job as a para at a middle school working with students with emotional disabilities at like a whopping $7 an hour. <laughs> but being in, being in that middle school, even working with some really challenging students, I was like, I love what happens in schools. The energy, the um, pace, the collaboration, the kids, like it's just so fun. And I thought I've got to figure out a way to be in schools. And so actually the next year I got a job working as a high school librarian which was great. I loved high school. I love high schoolers and I love books, uh, but also decided I didn't want to spend the rest of my life shushing kids. So I went back to school. I had some phenomenal school counselors in my own growing up and met with some of them and thought, man, I think I can, this might be the right path for me. So I was able to do my master's degree um, through Colorado State University and have not looked back. I'm really grateful for where I landed. And I, and I'm also grateful for that journey too. I think often I, you know, when we talk about preparing kids for the post-secondary world, I don't regret my degree in interior design. Um, and at the same time, how do we better give kids experiences, um, in high school so that they're choosing four year, very expensive, often four year degrees, uh, that really resonate with what they want to do. I had never even talked to an interior designer prior to getting this internship. I had no clue what the actual day-to-day -day work looked like, and that's so important. And so that's really fueled a lot of my desire to develop career-based programming for students in high school so that they have a better picture <laughs> as they start um, college and are making those pretty significant financial decisions as to where their, their money is headed. Well, and oftentimes, you know, we experience things or we really find out what, you know, where our direction is through contrast. Yeah. You know, and so you were really able exactly. to see, you know, like I am a people person and <laughs> being behind this computer is not going to serve me or, or who I want to serve Yes. In, in the, in the capacity that I really wanted to. And I can just imagine, you know, it's like, yes, I am not like the other people on HGTV. It is not <laughs> that glamorous and I'm yeah. not going around <laughs> meeting all these people. And as I shared with you earlier, before we started the interview, you know, I was with the, with the school district in Cheyenne for 10 years. So I resonate with that love that you have for students for I mean and teachers the respect and just how my my respect for teachers is so huge because they wear so many hats and oftentimes they're kind of the unacknowledged heroes for sure mm -hmm. yes so and and what a dynamic job I mean your job is so dynamic there's not a day that's the same no and it's never what I expected either <laughs> I'll walk in and think, man, I don't have anything on my calendar today. I can get all these things done and then it'll be crisis after crisis. Or I'll have a fully booked calendar and think, oh, I'm never going to get anything done. And a couple appointments cancel or, you know, something goes the other direction and I'm able to <laughs> get a lot more done. So it's definitely, um, definitely fun to, the variety is very fun. Well, and it's so wonderful that you can just flow with it. And I, and I think you have to have that ability, right, in, in the nature of your job. I would very much say so. That's a, an essential component is that flexibility. Well, and so without, of, of course, protecting people's anonymity, is, is there a story that stands out to you of someone, and I'm sure there's plenty, um, but of kids that came in and maybe came in as 
the higher risk kiddo, like you just said, here these kids graduated, mm-hmm. um, people that you've known since eighth grade. Are there any stories that stand out for you that you could share with us? Gosh, yeah, there are quite a few. I'll talk a little bit more about Opportunities Unlimited and um, a particular student that was part of that program. I had actually met him when I was doing my internship at Lincoln Middle School as a, so he would have been a a sixth grader and he was rowdy, rowdy, rowdy and um, constantly in trouble. And then suddenly I became his counselor when I got my first job um, or when I got hired over here at Pooter. And he read um, at a third grade level and so continuously was unsuccessful in the classroom and because he was discouraged and frustrated with his own inability, tended to act out quite a bit. And it was just in trouble with not only the school, but got himself in some legal trouble. And uh, his family was is a Spanish-speaking family, and so spent a lot of time uh, working with them and trying to help liaison the court system or be a liaison within the court system for him as well. He ended up dropping out, um, and I was incredibly discouraged and, and just heartbroken, but I also totally understood where he was coming from. Um, He was one of the students that we cold cold called that summer and I couldn't find him, ended up, you know, going to, I think he was working like a Denny's or something at that point. And I ended up showing up at Denny's to try to find this kid because the whole time we were developing that program, I kept thinking he was the kid like on the front of my mind. I was like, we got to find him. We got to find him. We got to get him back. Um, and he ended up being one of our graduates uh, a year later and finished with a certificate in welding. And just his, like, I, that was one of those, like, snapshot memories that you just hold on to forever of him with his diploma or his GED in one hand and a welding certificate in the other and just that smile. So that's, you know, again, I look back on his first couple years here at Pooter and the number of parent meetings and the number of times we went to court and, the teachers, you know, the emails, <laughs> I think I found his um, file on my computer recently. I was like, oh, my gosh, like all of these discipline reports. But it was just like every day how frustrated I was. But it was it was all worth it for that one moment. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. When you think back to your childhood and your educational experience, are there certain teachers that stood out for you? as being those kind of pivotal people that just because they noticed you and they saw you or they cared about you made a difference in your life? Oh, for sure. And I would count my high school counselor as one of those. I mean, she remains, she just recently retired and remains a good friend and mentor. And uh, I'm so grateful for her influence on my life, let alone, you know, the countless individuals before her. I was so fortunate in that way. Those relationships matter so much more than anything else. Programming on NOCO FM is supported by its listeners and by Audible.com. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible.com allows you to listen to an immense library of books for every taste on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, tablet, or computer. Audible.com has a special offer for listeners which includes a free audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial. Learn more and get your free audiobook now at noco.fm audible. Molly Bloom is an exceptional woman who grew up in an extraordinary family in Loveland, Colorado. Her parents both had successful professional careers, 
One of her brothers is a two-time Olympian and entrepreneur, while the other is a surgeon. Molly, however, took a different path. In 1999, Molly was ranked third in the world in freestyle skiing. Chronic neck and back pain caused her to retire early from the sport, and just a few short years later, she was running the most opulent poker games in the world, with movie stars and athletes as players, where it wasn't uncommon for hands to go into the millions of dollars. A federal indictment ended Molly's career as a game runner, and she was facing 10 years in prison. Molly would tell her story from Olympic hopeful to poker impresario in a memoir, Molly's Game, which was adapted into an Academy Award-nominated film of the same name, starring Jessica Chastain as Molly. Join us next week here on The Spark with Stephanie James for a very special event, an exclusive interview, the unsinkable Molly Bloom, and get the story behind the story. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, exclusively on NoCo FM. You can hear NoCo FM online at noco.fm and through the TuneIn and Live 365 apps. Podcast episodes are released the same day at thesparkpod.com. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, too, is I, w- I was so taken with, you know, obviously you are so devoted to these kiddos, you know, and you do make the difference. And I, and I know I hear you're, you're humble in the way that you're saying, yes, you know, it's this community and, you know, I, and I do feel that in, in my own work. I, I know that it does really take a village to, to raise our <laughs> yeah. kiddos. That is not that is not a myth. And also just really wanting to acknowledge you for, you know, it it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of dedication to keep showing up and really being present day after day with these kiddos. I I have a sense of how you keep balance in your life because I've read your bio, but I would love for you to share with our audience because as givers and caretakers and people that are really um, helping to help people change their lives, oftentimes we are the ones that are the last priority of the day and we don't take care of ourselves or we don't find balance in our lives and it's so essential. How do you do that? How do you create the balance, Cass? Well, I think I'd be... <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I always do a great job of it. Um, I, I mean, I, it definitely is a priority and there's definitely a reason that educators have summers. I spend a lot of time outside as much as I can get Uh, I have incredible friends and family uh, who remind me to stay balanced and keep me very grounded. Uh, One of the ways that I'm most fortunate is that I literally work with my best friends. The staff and the team that I'm part of here at Pooter has become my people. They're my other family, and we do a really good job of taking care of one another. I just got back from running to get lunch with a couple of them or, you know, have a plan to to do a loop around the building here later this afternoon just to give us a chance to be outside and get some fresh air and so a lot of it's that processing piece and um, I think another essential component for me is is really leaving work at work and going home and taking care of myself in that Uh, it's hard to do in certain seasons but it's so important to just be able to turn off at some point in the day and be ready to fuel up to, to turn back on the next morning. I am imagining through all the different activities you do, it, it was listing some of your outdoor activities where you're, you know, zip lining in Costa Rica, I think, and 
And, uh, you know, river rafting. And although it sounds like you had to swim in the rapids at one point when your raft <laughs> flipped over. <laughs> but camping and running just it sounds like when you have time off, you're really doing things that are bringing just an, an amazing amount of pleasure and joy to your own life. That is very true. And um, I'm so fortunate to uh, to live in a gorgeous place where those opportunities are <laughs> outside the door. So I'm, I feel like anytime I can be out there and, and enjoying it, I'm doing that for sure. I know you have a dog named Kailua and does Kailua come with you to school? Yes. Um, Kai is a certified therapy dog. Um, so she is a regular here at Pooter High School. She's actually far more popular than I could ever be. I think she's part of the reason kids like me at all. But um, so she's a, a lab collie mix who spends her day just getting petted. And she has kind of become the resident dog here at Pooter. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll often come back to my office and she's not in here, but she's visiting in an office down the hall and she knows who has treats that's for sure so she <laughs> kind of makes her rounds to the different spots one of my favorite things this last year is she you know wears a, a little vest that denotes that she's a therapy dog and um, kids have started putting buttons on it so her vest is just adorned now in in bling and I never know where it comes from or what kid has given her these buttons but kids are always bringing in buttons to put on Kai's vest which has been pretty fun what a yeah. cool thing. I mean, what a, what a great connector. Kai's a connector. Oh, for sure. It's it's pretty amazing. The kids who would normally walk right by me in the hall um, want to stop to pet Kai. Or kids will come in and sit on my office floor, and it's almost as though I'm not there. They'll start talking about, you know, I used to have a dog, but he died, you know, right around when my grandpa died. And all of a sudden, I wouldn't even know what questions to ask to get them to start talking about these things. But for whatever reason, well, we know there's a lot of research around the reasons, but she's just such a comfort to kids that they are willing to share and, and open up to, to her. And in that, I get to be privy to it as well. Well, and just I love that it's the kids that wouldn't normally come up to you because yeah. unfortunately, you know, it's just there's a little stigma about, I imagine, still, no matter how much we've evolved of... Yeah. You know, I, I know it's true for my own clients. Oh, I'm going to go see a therapist, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go see the school counselor. That must mean something's wrong with me. And, you know, um, my father's a therapist as well. And he always said, you know, the crazy people don't get help. You know, they don't know that they need help necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. But, you know, it, it's when, when we do have problems, it's essential that we talk to somebody. That doesn't make us crazy because yeah. everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend to parents or kids that are struggling with something but have still kind of held on to that stigma? How do we, how do we, this is a tough one. How do we <laughs> engage the difficult to engage? You know, in so many ways that feels beyond, that, that feels like a, a, a community, um, professional widespread thing that is that we can address by being a lot more open about mental health um, being look having these conversations that are far beyond uh, the stigma and being vulnerable and transparent in our own struggles and in our own and I, and I think I'm seeing more and more of that 
evolving um, where it is becoming more and more okay to say I'm going to see my therapist or to share that, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm struggling with depression. Uh, but I think those of us who, who can express those things need to keep doing it um, and, and creating that space where it's okay for any, any and all to, to do the same. I, th- I think it's been helpful too in our world where more celebrities, sports figures, singers, you know, these people have been coming mm-hmm. out saying, yes, I struggle with this too. Yes. I and agree. and really, you know, one of, my, one of my favorite comedians is Maria Bamford, if you're familiar with her. And mm-hmm. she, she's got bipolar disorder and a little OCD. And she's very, I mean, she's hilarious, number one. Uh, but number two, she's also an advocate for mental health information and knowledge yeah. that, that she spreads around. And I, I just think it's such an essential piece. And so maybe, like you're saying, part of that conversation is, you know, looking into our community and how we can join certain groups and bringing more awareness mm-hmm. to our community so we continue to demystify yes, whether it's mental illness or whether it's, you know, suicide, whether it's drugs and alcohol and joining sure. these that's, forums. That's why I love... That's why I love something like Mental Health Matters, because it's like we need to be talking about these kinds of things. You know, these need to be discussions. And yes, hopefully it is a discussion on the way home and a week later and a month later where we can keep bringing these kinds of things up and and just let that be a a baseline for um, a a plethora of conversation beyond it. And when, when does that take place again? You know, I don't know that the fall date is set yet but definitely something that we'll be advertising through Poudre School District and, and community-wide as well. So if someone wanted more information about that, would they just go on to the... PSD website. Okay. So that's how we'll start helping people to be more involved, is getting more people to come <laughs> yeah. to that. Mental that Health Matters. Well, Cass, let's talk about this wonderful event that I know happened that you went to Washington, D.C., in January, because you were nominated, you were one of the finalists, one of only six finalists in the nation uh, to get the nomination for School Counselor of the Year. Is that right? Of two, that is correct. For yes. 2018? Yeah. That is so exciting. It was very exciting. So it is very talk exciting. about that experience. I mean, what I what I heard, um, I, I was reading all these things about you before the interview and it, it's really this award, it honors professionals who devote their careers to advocacy for the nation's students and addressing their academic and emotional and social development, as well as their college and career readiness. Um, you know, and, and people honoring you because that you take on so many tasks and go above and beyond your job description. Yeah, it was, again, an incredible honor um, and just a... It, it in so many ways continues to be surreal uh, to be honored and celebrated in that way. And so further than that, it's really what every educator deserves. Um, the experience in DC was exceptional. Um, not only did was there a lot of celebration and hoopla uh, in the best possible way, we had the opportunity to be on Capitol Hill. Um, so my administrator got to attend with me and we got to visit with our state Senate office um, and our house of uh, rep folks uh, to share a little bit more about 
school counselors and what we do and things that are happening in Poudre High School and in Poudre School District that we need advocacy for um, at the legislative level. And that was definitely a highlight. And then, of course, um, the celebration components were beyond anything I could ever imagine. Um, Michelle Obama spoke at the awards celebration, um, which was it was really kind of her first public uh, speech since leaving the office. And uh, I, I, it's yeah, indescribable in so many ways. So. I, I can see it on your face. You yeah. know, it just <laughs> must have been just an amazing highlight to what sounds like it's already been just an amazing career for you. Very much so. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, I just, I just want to also acknowledge you and just honor the work that you've done. What lies ahead? What, what are you, I know you're just about, are you guys, are you done with school? Uh, yes, sir. This is, uh, yesterday was the last day that everyone was here. Of course we have, um, counseling duties that kind of go throughout the, this first month of the summer as we are working on schedules and, doing some training and stuff. So I'll work on and off um, over the next couple of weeks, but. But you're just yeah. about to wrap up. But <laughs> just about to wrap up, so. Yeah. So, but I'm curious, what, what programs, what, what, you know, this is kind of like, what lies ahead for you as, as you're looking ahead to the future and just things that you want to do within the district, within Pooter School, just kind of your own personal goals. I'm really yeah. curious, yeah. Well, I think I can retire now at this point. I think I've, you know, really <laughs> maxed out on <laughs> You've hit the pinnacle. <laughs> I, I've hit the pinnacle. There's nowhere to go from here. No, um, <laughs> because of, of the work that our team is doing and the support that we have from our administration, as well as uh, some significant grants that we've applied for, our team has, is, will add another counselor next year. So we'll actually have nine counselors at Poudre High School. And my role will transition um, that I really will just be focused on um, freshmen and transition support. Um, so I'll actually be partnering with two of our feeder middle schools and really developing what my dream is, is to, to develop such a systemic transition plan for incoming ninth graders that it is becomes kind of the, the model um, for what we're doing across the nation. And so that's kind of my new energy and zest, at least for the next couple of years, while we have some grant funding to support it. Beyond that, if I were to if I were to think personally, um, I really at some point would love to pursue um, my doctorate degree to be a counselor educator. Um, I would love to be. I have one of my favorite things is having interns or having practicum students who are part of the work that we're doing here at Pooter. Just giving them that experience and knowing that what they do and see here will hopefully transform other communities that they might. Uh, go and get jobs in uh, is really important to me. I think that's one of our greatest responsibilities as professionals. And the idea of maybe doing that as an educator um, in a collegiate setting is really exciting to me. I don't know how or when <laughs> that will happen, um, but definitely something I'm excited about. And then I would say, I guess, one other thing um, that I am have been working on that has kind of been one of my balancing projects. I don't know how balanced it's kept me, but has been working on the launching of a, a new nonprofit um, called Girls' Rights. And Girls' Rights, R-I-T-E-S, is focused on service and empowerment for uh, young women. And so we spent the year doing service, and then the program culminates in a 12-day adventure trip um, through the Southwest. And so we'll be uh, traveling for the first time with our first crew of girls this summer. Um, it's all camping and service. We see three national parks and four state parks. Um, and it's just going to be a phenomenal adventure. And so 
it's currently a nonprofit that's kind of housed under another one, um, but we are looking to expand and to do some more of our own work as well. So that's um, definitely a, a dream as well and, and one of my favorite things that I'm working on right now. Well, and for that, that that is just also just what a phenomenal program. Is it open to the community or is it for Pooter students? Um, it is open to the community, uh, again, because of the connections with Pooter. Uh, we mainly have Pooter girls participating this summer or have, that have been participating this year, but definitely something we want to see expand to, to other schools and, and even beyond that. So, Well, again, if people want to contact you, Cast to, to learn more about these programs. Um, there's so many wonderful offerings here. How, yes. how, how do they, how would they contact you or contact, uh, get more information about these programs? Uh, I think the best way is to, to send me an email and um, I would always be happy to, to respond to that. Um, C-P-O-N-C-E-L-O at psdschools.org and uh, happy to talk more with folks uh, at any point. Thank you so much. You know, but I am so interested in these passions that you have and kind of your next steps, the girls' rights program. Tell me about how you came up with that and and kind of what your vision was. So I, for the last couple of years, have been part of the staff for a local nonprofit called Global Leaders. And Global Leaders, again, is focused on service and empowerment for young people in our community they spend the year doing service and then we spend two weeks in Guatemala. So for the last two summers, I've taken about 50 students to Guatemala for a couple of weeks doing service, practicing Spanish, living in homestays. It's just been amazing. And on one of those trips, I guess about two years ago, I was uh, talking with the program director. We were uh, actually roommates on the trip and we were both sharing about women in our worlds who had just impacted our lives. You know, those mentors, my high school counselor or Janet is another one, you know, these just powerful women who had shaped us in so many ways. And we were having conversation in part because we were seeing with some of the young women that were on this trip that they had never had anybody like that in their world. They'd never had somebody who looked at them and saw something and reminded them of who they were or challenged them to to grow or whatever those pieces were, and we're like, how do we create more of those experiences for young women, particularly in today's day and age and culture where they feel empowered, um, where they feel like they can lead, where they feel valued. And so we spent the year kind of developing it. One of the coolest parts was the development process um, because we grabbed about six of those girls and said, will you, will you dream with us on this? And We'd have these seminars to to work on our planning and we'd have maps spread out all over the floor and be sticky noting, you know, places we might want to travel or organizations we might want to partner with. And they really helped us develop and, and, and developed it even in the sense of one of the parts of the program this year is that the girls have been mentoring middle school girls at, at Lincoln. And as we were talking about how, you know, you're going to be mentoring these girls, one of the girls said, you know, well, can we have mentors too? Like, I want to be mentored all year. And we're like, we can do that. And so we've been able to rope in about 15 adult women who are meeting with our girls. And our girls are then meeting with these middle school girls. So just kind of that lineage of women taking care of each other and mentoring one another has been really awesome to see form. Last summer, Laurel, who's my partner in the project, um, we did a scout trip. So we drove the route um, that we'll be driving with the girls and figured out which campsites have water and, you know, met some partners along the way. 
that we'll be doing community service with and and started back in the fall with our we'll have 12 girls we have 13 girls that are part of the program this year and we will venture out in july for two weeks of not a lot of showering and a lot of desert heat but it's going to be pretty awesome so so tell yeah. me a little bit too about what that trip's going to involve besides just camping and seeing these amazing places you're, you're, there's some community involvement that's going to be happening as well yeah, so we have two pretty significant service projects that we'll be doing. Um, one of them will be uh, we'll be staying in Chinle, Arizona, and working uh, in some of the Navajo Nation areas in Canyon de Chelly. Um, so we'll be partnering with a, a family there. It's a matriarchal society, so we'll actually be working with the grandmother and mother who run this farm. Um, so we'll be doing some farming, uh, just learning a lot more about their culture, kind of immersed in that. Um, and then our second kind of service component is in Kanab, Utah. In Kanab, there is a, a pretty significant animal rescue mission called Best Friends, and it was actually started by a group of women about 20 years ago. And so we'll be meeting with uh, some of the founding women who began that organization and doing some work at this animal shelter but really talking a lot about how do you take your passions and turn them into something as significant as, as, as this organization that's now a internationally recognized, I think it's one of the largest um, rescue missions um, in the world. So pretty cool stuff. What a life-changing experience yeah. for, for any of us. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, this is what, a, what an amazing journey this is going to be for these girls. And the thing that, that is really touching my heart is, and, and I, I'm hearing, I mean, you, it's not just with these girls, it's with all the students. You know, each of us has this inherent need to feel valued and seen and important. And that, and that we too can contribute. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I'm hearing, you know, the, these programs are doing, helping kids with, you know, the, the dropout recovery program, connecting with people and parents with the mental health matters. I'm just in awe of the work that you're doing, Cass. I oh, truly am. My, uh, my counseling slogan, because kids will often come in and they'll say, well, I need you to tell me what to do. And I'm, I always say, I won't tell you what to do, but I am going to remind you of who you are. And I think um, we all need more and more people in our worlds just reminding us who we are. I think we can figure out what to do as long as we <laughs> can remember what we're about. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Cass. I, it, what a pleasure to be able to talk with you and, and be able to see you. And you've got contagious laughter and this amazing smile and energy that just radiates from you. This has been wonderful, truly. I've been, I really am thankful and honored to meet you and, and to talk with you. Okay. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. Cassie Poncello's personal and professional journey highlights the importance of finding what truly lights you up and following that which brings true passion to your life. Like my own journey, Cassie started her education career in one area, only to find out that it was not all she had dreamed of. She made the choice, as I did, to switch gears and pursue something that was more life-giving and more in tune with who she was in her heart. There are many paths we can take on the road to our own personal success and fulfillment. 
This is an important point. We have to be true to our own inner calling. No one else, not parents, not friends, not our partners, get to dictate this for us. We have to stop and listen to this interior calling within us and follow it and allow our individual gifts and deepest desires to emerge and flourish in this world. The late Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. Cassie followed that personal bliss of interacting with and helping others, which has blossomed into a beautiful career that has benefited the lives of students and their parents and the greater community. It does take a village to raise a child. We are all an integral part of the fabric of this community, which is our own village, where we can come together and support each other in this tapestry of our interconnectedness. The way Cassie has built community is truly inspirational. She has become a safety net for students to find their calling and be supported in becoming the very best versions of themselves. By following our dreams, we too can create meaningful lives. And when we allow this to flow into contribution, it actually turns out to be not only the biggest gift we can give others, but the most fulfilling gift we can give ourselves. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain, and podcast episodes are released the same day. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. Programming on NOCO FM is supported by its listeners and by Audible.com. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible.com allows you to listen to an immense library of books for every taste on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, tablet, or computer. Audible.com has a special offer for listeners which includes a free audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial. Learn more and get your free audiobook now at noco.fm audible.
Molly Bloom is an exceptional woman who grew up in an extraordinary family in Loveland, Colorado. Her parents both had successful professional careers. One of her brothers is a two-time Olympian and entrepreneur, while the other is a surgeon. Molly, however, took a different path. In 1999, Molly was ranked third in the world in freestyle skiing. Chronic neck and back pain caused her to retire early from the sport, and just a few short years later, she was running the most opulent poker games in the world, with movie stars and athletes as players, where it wasn't uncommon for hands to go into the millions of dollars. A federal indictment ended Molly's career as a game runner, and she was facing 10 years in prison. Molly would tell her story from Olympic hopeful to poker impresario in a memoir, Molly's Game, which was adapted into an Academy Award-nominated film of the same name, starring Jessica Chastain as Molly. Join us next week here on The Spark with Stephanie James for a very special event, an exclusive interview, the unsinkable Molly Bloom, and get the story behind the story. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, exclusively on NoCo FM. You can hear NoCo FM online at noco.fm and through the TuneIn and Live 365 apps. Podcast episodes are released the same day at thesparkpod.com.